What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, stopping by, swinging the corner, playoff time. We've got rubber ice ball going, game sevens everywhere. We've got basketball, schedule release, Jokic winning MVP, and Bede losing in the second round. I'm just kidding. Phoenix <laughs> <laughs> losing in the second round. Oh, wait, no, that's tonight. Sorry. Uh, that's telling you they're just playing with their food but we'll get Uh to that we'll get to that but two game sevens milwaukee boston that's been an insane series every time i think one of the teams is like okay this series is done they lose on their home floor so i have no idea who's gonna win tonight um dallas and phoenix is the opposite none of them can uh win on the road so you would think that the home team's gonna win tonight but i don't know seems like dallas may have figured out something Luke is playing well. Chris Paul hasn't really played well these last like three or four games, but we'll get to all that. Um, we'll talk about the uh, two series that ended, um, Golden State-Memphis, and then uh, Miami-Philly. Um, and then Broncos schedule release. We'll get to all that jazz. Where do you want to start first? Uh, real quick, I just wanted to tell you, I think you, uh, I think the Avs uh, broke your jinx. Right, there was a moment Jinx when you tweeted, mark? when you when you tweeted out, right? Uh, that tweet, my abs doing it like I always knew. I guarantee they win the Stanley Cup. Book it. <laughs> and that game, I believe, was game three. Oh, most I definitely say. three. Yeah, absolutely. I know this thing. I know this. Thing. I think it was game three. Yeah. And the game was tied at one. Right, that that was the game that went to overtime. Or was it game two that went to overtime? Um, you tell me what you think is right, and I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever game went to overtime, it was uh, it was game two. Okay, so game two, it's one one after the first, and I believe that's when you tweeted it, or you tweeted it when the abs. I think the abs scored first. Yeah, the abs scored first. So you you tweeted it then. Then right after you send out that tweet, Nashville scored, and it was one-one, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's happening again!" No score through through the second period, no score through the third period. It goes to overtime, and I'm like, "They're gonna lose this thing." He jinxed them. It's gonna be one-one and going to Nashville, and 12 minutes go or 11 minutes go by, and Kill McCarr finally scores. But it was a nightmare because that was the game that uh, I believe the goaltender's name is Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Uh, mm, yeah. He he was going insane. Um, he had why is it not showing his the amount of saves he had? ESPN's broken. He had over fifty saves in that game, and the Avs were just pounding him. Uh, I think. ESPN is so broken. It's not even showing me the amount of shots each team had. Uh, Oh, here we go. So the Avs had 51 shots. Nashville had 26. And it went to overtime. I mean, the Avs were destroying them. And they could not score. And I was like, this this is the jinx. It's still happening. (laughs) And when they finally get to overtime, they score. And in that moment... I was like, all right, I think that was it. It's over. The jinx is finally over. 
and they can play freely now. There so, is no jinx, though. Congrats. I, I, I have, I have, no, 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 no. We have, we have a uh, very, very good proof uh, that it was a legit jinx. They, they were outscored like 16 to 6 after you had tweeted that out last season. Pure or last coincidence. Post-season. It's all yeah. speculation, mm-hmm. Your Honor. Right. They lost, what, three straight, four straight, something like that? Listen, they've done yep. that like the last three four straight. years. So. They were out, they were out. <laughs> They were outscored like sixteen to six or eighteen to six and lost four straight. After you compared them to the Chiefs last Listen, year, how have the Chiefs been doing since my guarantees on them? <laughs> wow, <laughs> not good. So, not good. Listen, it's all being revived. All right, my two guarantees this year: Avs and Phoenix, both looking like it's going to happen. All right. So the abs are looking like it's it's looking good. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is just not playing with their so food. They're just making it look interesting, trying to think, make everybody think they have a shot, and then they're going to come out and obliterate them. That's what's going to happen. The winner, the winner of the Boston Milwaukee series is winning the finals. Um, they're they're the two best teams in the league mm, right now. At maybe. least playing wise, they are playing the, like maybe. the two best teams in the league. I would say them or Phoenix, and then Gold State as fourth. That's what I would say. I just, I don't, I, I, I would still put Golden State ahead of Phoenix, and I know they struggled with Memphis without, without Jaw and with Jaw. Um, I just think that was a bad matchup for Golden State because because Milwaukee just has. Like everyone can defend, or not Milwaukee, uh, Memphis. Everyone yeah. can defend on that team except for Jaw. And I think that actually helped them when Jaw went out. Phoenix has good defenders. They have Mikael. They have Jay Crowder. But the like, as a team, like you can attack them. You can attack CP3. You can attack Devin Booker. With Memphis, there's no one that that Golden State could just focus on an attack, right? Like, for Denver, they would attack, well, any of the guards. So, <laughs> you know, when, when Jaw was out there, they were attacking Jaw, and it was working. But once Jaw went out, I mean, everyone on that Memphis team can defend. That's a, If they get another scorer, like a legit scorer, that's a really scary team. I um, because they're so this. good. Def- well, just defensively. I, I I never thought they could win really anything just because they well, can't score. Once Golden State got hot, they couldn't keep up with them, right? So that's that's the issue is like, and even Jaw, now Jaw is starting to get a, a jumper, which is great, but they need a second guy that can really, really score. Uh, Brooks is good, but I just feel like he's a little inconsistent. I mean, Bane hurts oh. back. I think Bane is that guy. I mean, you saw it in the first series. He absolutely torched minnesota and then he yeah. hurt his back and then he wasn't really playing it, right the first it few needs games. to be it needs to be like a consistent scorer though right like i don't know i i they're they're really they're a a team to watch for over the next mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. two years like they're i think they're a they're probably two years away well and they're I'm, insanely I'm athletic too i mean they yeah. can not only defend but they're insanely athletic from jaron jackson right. to um 
what is, what's his name? The guy off the bat, Clark, Brandon Clark, mm-hmm. I think. Yep, Brandon Clark. I mean, that guy, you can argue he had the best, arguably the best first round series out of anybody yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. He was playing. They, his they showed tail me. Off. They showed me a lot. Like I, I was not doubting him because I, I still, I was still right, even though Jaw got hurt. But like, even if Jaw stayed healthy, I don't think I, I do really think Jaw getting hurt actually helped him. At least against Golden State, it wouldn't have worked. You know, against um, Phoenix. Well, they've shown that all year. That they right, they've shown without. that all year. Well, they're a better defensive team. That's why they have such a great record without Jaw, because they are they are much better defensively. Not Physical. to say that Jaw is a bad defensive player. It's just when you have five guys that are elite defenders at that point, when when Jaw is out, it's really hard to score on them. The reason why, like, Jaw gives um consistent scoring. The problem is that Jaw isn't isn't a um efficient scorer outside the paint. So, if he's missing shots, if he's missing jumpers, and you're you're clogging the paint, then he's gonna you know he's. I mean, the team overall is just gonna struggle because they can't score. It's just really um, hard to clog the paint against him. Yeah, against even him, it, it is. Minnesota did an excellent job doing that, but even mm-hmm. still, he has that weird skill to where he can contort his body in ways yeah. I've never seen any NBA player do. He's just insanely... Him and Zion are probably the two best finishers in the league right now. Yeah. I mean... They when those guys go to the rack, it's it's a wrap. Well, I mean, you probably got to add Giannis in that group, but well, Giannis. Too. Um, but I mean, Giannis. Yeah, yes, Gian. Those three guys. <laughs> I mean, when they're in the paint, it's pretty much a wrap. Um, right. like Jaw is just super. He is the epitome of Hall of Fame, uh, slithery snake or whatever that badge is, um, in two K. And then Giannis and Zion are just extreme brute force. To where they just overpower you, uh, but no, it, it was insane what uh, Ja was able to do. That team is super athletic, but as we've seen with the Nuggets, as we've seen with a lot of teams, you have to maximize your window quickly because you never know when it's going to close or when a guy will get hurt. Um, especially with Jaw and how kind of reckless he is <laughs> with his athleticism. That I, well, I mean, I'm it happened. Well, yeah, I mean we. Well, like not I mean, necessarily I, with him in the air. It was it, that one was a weird one. He it got was a, a weird bone one. Bruise from yeah. pool grabbing his kneecap. Like, but I also say like something like that wasn't. It, I don't think the knee actually. I don't think his knee actually got hurt from that specific play. It was he probably it probably happened when he landed. But then, or like started to happen, and that just little thing kind of took it over the edge. That was probably what happened. Maybe. Maybe, but, I mean, that that's a fun team to watch, but they have to maximize on that. And, you know, I don't know what their contract situations look like. You know, I think Melton is going to be a free agent. Um, not sure where they stand there. But that's a team that I think, like you said, they could use a forward. You know, Brooks... Although he's he's a tenacious defender, he's not really a consistent scorer, I don't think. Even though I really enjoy his game, Bain is fun to watch too. I mean, he's an excellent three point shooter. 
Jaron Jackson, very proficient three-point shooter, uh, decent around the basket, good defensively. So that's that's an interesting team. Golden State, on the other hand, I think that was just one of those situations to where, like you said, matchup just wasn't favorable towards them. They were a team, Memphis, that was bigger, so they could take advantage of their size down low, unlike Denver. Um, they were also had elite defenders on the perimeter or guys who could at least make it tough on Steph, Clay, um, and Jordan Poole. You saw that. So I don't know with Golden State. I'm One moment they look really good, and then the next moment you're like, eh, I don't know. Steph looks really hesitant too right oh. now with his shot. Like I forgot who pointed it out, but he's starting to do a little hitch before he shoots now. Like he's he's taking that extra half second to think about it, and he's missing a lot. Like I think in the first round he shot like thirty two percent from three or something like that, something crazy like that. And I don't think he shot it great in this the second round. Now obviously he had a great uh, what fourth quarter to close out Memphis. I think he had like twelve or eighteen points or something like that to close them out. Um, and then Clay has been hit and miss. Like why do why do these teams always play excellent against Denver and then? It's probably because Denver doesn't have any defense. But yeah, yeah, that's Jordan exactly Poole it. had, I mean, he looked like the next, what were they talking about? Pool party, the third splash brother. And then in that Memphis series, he didn't he didn't really do anything. I'm curious to see what he actually averaged in that series. Um, but it seems like he kind of took a step down um, in that series. But, I mean, Golden State's an interesting team, man, because they have the championship experience the last thing you want to do is count them out when they can get hot. I don't know if there's any team in the league that can roll with them when they're on. But if they're definitely not unbeatable, that's for sure. No, yeah, they're they're not. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is their size, right? So if that's why, I mean, if Golden State got to the finals, I don't think they would win. Uh, because they're severely undersized. Do you uh, feel different after seeing the Memphis series that if Denver was healthy, they could have actually beat Golden State? Because I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, because uh, well, and here's uh, it's it's because of the size. Well, like, not only that, the scoring. <laughs> like, sure. I mean, there, there was time. Like Denver, it's not like the Nuggets got blown out every game against Golden State. Like the Nuggets actually, no. for the most part, started really well in games. It was finishing quarters. The, it was. Yeah. It was. You were. They were specifically missing Jamal Murray in that series. Well, I would say and Michael too as well. I mean, there was times where guys would just go completely ice cold, and mm-hmm. Jokic had no one to. Yeah. No one could keep up the. Well, score. you know, you know who else would have helped in that series was PJ Dozier. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look. I, yes, I do think the Nuggets would have won that series because of Jokic, though. I think that was a. It fully healthy, that was the Jokic series. Kind of like um, uh, like how Jamal, right? It was Jamal's series against Utah, Utah. in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, this would have been Jokic's series. I think in round two, it probably, honestly, I, I think, at least against Memphis, Memphis, I think it would have been Michael's series. I think he would have been a weird matchup for, for Memphis. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're missing the, the biggest thing with the Nuggets is they couldn't score. Mm-hmm. 
they couldn't keep up with Golden well, State. It's not like Golden State was putting up 150. If you can't keep up with them, you have to at least stop them, and they couldn't do either. Right. Um. So yeah, I, but the the biggest thing with Golden State is their size. I I just they're they're getting crushed, and like Looney had what 22 rebounds or or something like that in in game six. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that Looney is their biggest guy, and he's six foot nine. Yeah. So. I still think that they can beat Phoenix, but that's just because I don't think Phoenix can necessarily guard Steph and Clay. I think they're going to struggle with Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. Well, um, well, and also Phoenix doesn't really utilize DeAndre Ayton in that manner. They're not going to throw it to right. him 15 times a game. Right. And- because they run everything through Chris Paul so much. Yeah. And and here's let's get to Phoenix real quick because I. I, I really, really like Devin Booker, and I think DeAndre can be a top three center in the league. Uh, I think he can be right there with Towns. Um, obviously, one and two is Jokic and Embiid. I think he he can be, he can get up there with, with Towns. The, the problem, I think, is starting to become Chris Paul in a weird way. I I just think at least these last four games, it looks like he's starting to, you can really start to see he's losing a step. And it's because it's not like Dallas has any great defenders that are stopping him. I I really do think the ball needs to be in Booker's hands more. Like, I, for for today, and, and they won't do it, but I I would play Chris Paul like if he doesn't have it I'd play him like twenty minutes and I just say all right Booker you you got to win this thing for us because their their offense is so heavily reliant on Chris Paul and the pick and roll and whatever and Booker is just standing in the corner ready to catch and shoot and and that worked throughout the regular season but in the playoffs you need your best player to have the ball and have the ball a lot and that's what Dallas is doing. It's working. That's what you know Tatum and and the, and the Celtics are doing. It's what Giannis is doing because well he has to. But it's not like it's not like uh, you know Milwaukee is relying on okay we got to run the offense through Drew Holiday and run pick and rolls, right? It's we got to get the get the ball to our best player, and he's got to control the whole game. Same with Tatum. Same with Luca. The only team that doesn't necessarily do that is Golden State, but that's just because well they kind of do with uh they kind of run everything through Draymond mm-hmm. right that's that's kind of how they and they have Steph but they're a unique team that no one can really do that what they do yeah so well not not a I, lot of I just, teams best Phoenix got to change it up decision maker and with Phoenix that's that's the separation Devin Booker might be your best player but he's not your best decision maker and I think that's an interesting point that that going well, through but, Chris Paul is is kind of in a sense it, you're not by going you're through Chris him. Paul so much you're well not just Devin Booker but you're eliminating what DeAndre Ayton could do mm-hmm. you're limiting to because we don't know I mean and Phoenix fans would know better than us they they watch them more than than we do they watch them practically every game but it just seems like Ayton could be capable of so much more and I get it yeah. there's times where he doesn't do what he's supposed to do but then at the same time though. too they don't I feel like they don't let him reach his maximum potential 
like I, I agree, he could be up there with I think after you know one and two once you get past Jokic and Embiid, how whatever order you have, I think it gets muddy in the right. center waters after that. I mean, you could throw Towns up there, but his decision-making sucks, as we've seen in these yeah. playoffs. Like, no. he'll take himself out of games um, with decision-making, shot selection, foul choices, you know, things like that. And then you get to guys like Bam Adebayo, DeAndre Ayton. Um, so you get to that that level of center. So it's it gets muddy after that. But I, I do think he could do more. And... I don't know. It's it, you. I think this team will definitely live and die by Chris Paul's decision making, because there's moments where he completely dominates a fourth quarter and closes you out, and then there's moments where he's like these last few games where he's got, I mean, more turnovers than assists, and he's mm-hmm. not looking great. So oh. it's it's gonna be interesting how Dallas plays it. I just Dallas starts really well. It seems like. But on the road, a lot of it has been no one's coming along with Luka. So right. they need their role players to step up and come along with Luka because all it takes is one spurt and the game is done. Like, what was it, game five? I mean, it was tied, wasn't it, going into halftime or something like that? I think they were up by three. Yeah, and then they came out in the third quarter and Phoenix goes on a hellacious run and the game is done after that. Right. So I don't know. But I, I just, Chris Paul, they needed Chris Paul when he got there, right? The timing was good for the young guys. Mm-hmm. But remember back when that happened, we said, remember, or we were talking about how by the time Booker and Aiton are ready, Chris Paul is going to be done. I think we're getting there and we're seeing it live right now i i really do think if dallas if dallas wins tonight i wouldn't be shocked if phoenix tried to find a way to move off of chris paul or at least really or or at least try to change the offense chris paul is gonna have to adjust either way chris paul is gonna have to change his game the offense can't run through him anymore and if they don't change that soon like tonight they're they're not going to get to the finals. I mean, how much longer does Chris have under contract? I mean, he just signed well, the deal last year, didn't right. he? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I they will. I don't think they would actually make a decision this summer. But the the thought of it coming across is like, okay, I we we probably have one more year. I I just I think Chris Paul can be a good leader and a good solid starting point guard, but it can't. Not everything can run through him especially when you're not letting Devin Booker be him. Yeah. That's the problem. Because right now, Devin Booker is just a glorified spot uh, uh, spot shooter. Like, that's that's what he is. And then he can do more than a, a, a spot-up shooter just because, you know, he, he's a great one-on-one guy. He can, he can run the offense. Like, he's ready to run the offense. He's ready. But... Because Chris Paul is there, and I think part of it is Chris Paul's ego a little bit too. Like everything has to run through him, and I just I don't I think, think they're doing a little bit more with Booker than that. I don't I don't know if he's been relegated to MPJ spot up styles. Well, no, it, it's not it's, it's not like because Chris when Paul Chris Paul goes off the decision making, 
Right. I, when when Chris Paul goes off the floor, then it's 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 books time. I on Twitter, you know, they like to when Chris Paul was out, they were like uh, point book. It point book needs they need to do that with Chris Paul on the floor. Like you just because Chris Paul was out, oh now we can do point book. No, like Booker should have times where when when Chris Paul is out there, Booker should have times where he is the one running the offense. Chris Paul's got two more years, or well, one more year um, that is fully guaranteed. So next year they'll okay. be paying him thirty million eight hundred thousand. So that's what I'm saying. Like if if they lose tonight, or if they don't make it to the finals, if they don't make it to the finals, I think there has to be some type of decision either because the team will take Chris Paul. A young team would take Chris Paul. Like the Lakers um, will take Chris Paul. Well, the yeah, the Lakers. Were, so, <laughs> right. So it's not like, it's not like it would be impossible to move off of Chris Paul. Right. Um, so there needs to be a discussion in the summer if they lose and they can't get to the finals where it's okay, Chris, you're either taking a step back and this is becoming Booker's team, or we got to find a more defensive, a Marcus Smart type of guard that can handle a little bit better than Marcus Smart, and it's time to let Booker do this thing. Mm. Because, I mean, after this season, I, I, I'm i curious to look at their, their, uh, their roster um, and who's free agents, but if you could unload Chris Paul, you could keep pretty much the whole roster and then add a, another defensive solid point guard and just just give it to just give it to but i think it's 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 glaring especially in this dallas series and part of the the pelican series that this is this is it's time it, it's time for for book for booker to do what tatum is doing on a nightly basis so i mean this... because i i always thought that it was it was booker I always thought it was like Booker. He's not getting to that level yet because he's just too young, or he, he's not figuring it out. No, that's not it. I, I, I kind of it kind of clicked in this Dallas series for me. Booker is ready, yeah. but but he's not being allowed to. So this year, free agents are you have DeAndre Ayton is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. He's a restricted free agent. JaVale McGee, Aaron Holiday, who doesn't really play for them, Alfred Payton, who doesn't really play, Bismack Biombo, who's been getting minutes, and then um, Ishmael Wainwright. So that's it. That's it. Um, but, oh, okay. But they have a they have key pieces one in the next each year. So next right. year, um, after the season, it's going to be Cameron Johnson and Jay Crowder. So you, if if you keep Chris Ball for that season, you won't be able to keep either of those guys. Because you're gonna have to pay DeAndre Ayton, unless they let Ayton go, which and would then, be stupid. Well, I mean, I I bet they probably don't keep Jay Crowder. To be honest with you, I bet he walks or they let him go probably. after that season. I, I'm sure they'll do everything they can to keep Cam Johnson. And then after 2024, uh, Devin Booker's a UFA. So right, Chris Paul's contract, like I said, next year's is guaranteed. Then the year after that, it's a non-guaranteed year, and then he's a free agent in 25. So, their their window. I mean, look, they're they're gonna run it back. 
we we oh, all yeah. know that they're gonna run it back. Well, but I mean, it depends on how DeAndre Ayton feels. Well, right. Because... Uh, or well, if if well, they can they can sign Ayton to the max. It's just they'll be in the tax. So, will Phoenix be willing, and will the owner be willing to pay that tax? That's well, I think that's that. But we we also I don't. Where is DeAndre Ayton's mindset with this team? Because they didn't want to offer him the contract, right? Mm-hmm. Up front. Um, I think Monty Williams, if I'm not mistaken, said something about that at you know, when they didn't offer him the contract, not necessarily supporting Aiden, I don't think if I remember correctly. Just kind of like there's a reason why we're choosing not to do this. So it's kind of like we believe in you, but I don't know if we believe in you this much, or we don't value you because we don't run things through you. And we don't know if Aiden feels like, hey, I feel like I can do more and I can be this guy. And you're not willing to, you know, you're relegating me to lobs and fast break. And, you know, every now and then I'll get a drop into the paint and, you know, I get my hook shot. But, I mean, he's put backs, lobs, and that's it. I don't know if if that's what he's fine with, but it feels like Aiton could do much more. He's shown that he's got a nice jump shot around the basket. Um, I know he at times takes threes, but he doesn't take a ton. Uh, But it, it feels like he's... He's got more game than what their system allows. You know, not every system is going to maximize every guy's potential. We see that in Denver with Michael Porter Jr. I don't think we get the most out of MPJ's skill set. And that's because, you know, your one and two is Jamal. So that just happens to be the case with Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton. But at a certain point, it's like, are you going to choose 37, soon to be 38-year-old Chris Paul over how old is DeAndre Ayton? Right, I mean... If they if they choose Chris Paul over DeAndre and I've let's see. Uh, man I Aiden don't is oh this can't be right Aiton's only twenty three years old yeah so I'm saying there there in no world should you choose Chris <laughs> Paul over DeAndre in how long has he been in the league? I feel like he's been in the league for like four years. Has he not? Yeah, he came in at eighteen nineteen. He came in in twenty eighteen. He'll be tw- okay. He'll be twenty four this year. But still, I thought he. That's was what way I'm saying, and, and that's why when we were talking about when we when when they signed Chris Paul, what I said, I, I said it's a weird timing because they do need Chris Paul. They need his leadership to kind of, uh, to speed up Booker's. Um, development, right, of becoming that guy, which it it did, right? That worked. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, by the time Booker is ready, Chris Paul is probably going to be falling off. Yeah, Book's going to be twenty six this year, right? Which is the age that I've always said get to twenty five, twenty six, and that player should be kind of hitting that that level, that next step, right? Yeah. Uh, it worked with Jokic. We'll see with Jamal. Um, I don't know how Tatum is actually younger than that, which is insane. Um, it clicked for Giannis at 25, 26. So yeah, that, that is kind of that age. So that's why, like, you can see it with Booker. Yeah. Tatum just turned. And, and there's the numbers. They, they brought up the numbers when CP3 was out and Booker was averaging like 28, six and six. I'm like, that's, that is why that is, that is why. I'm not getting what I want to see from Booker in the playoffs. That is why there's that inconsistency. It's not Booker. It's just the way they run the offense. 
Now you can have Booker be the guy and CP3 still be on the team, but CP3 has to realize that. Like it's 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 on Chris Paul to like, all right, I know where I'm at. It's time to let this kid just just go. We'll see tonight, but it, it has to be the Booker show. If if Booker does not, he needs thirty at least. If well, Booker I mean, doesn't yeah. hit thirty he's tonight, gotta, he's it's over. So he, right, he's got to cancel out Luca. If he can cancel out Luca, Phoenix wins. Yeah, you have more faith in than their role players at home. Right, because Luca's you know. killing them. Oh yeah, no one's no one's matching yeah. Luca. That's the problem. If you match Luca, then your roster is better than theirs. Right? We always we we've talked about this since the bubble. Right? Who's your one? Is your one as good as their one? Then they cancel out. Is your two better than their two? Or are they the same? If they cancel out, fine. Right? That we kind of went in order when we were going through the bubble. I don't even well, know if Luca has a two. It's just kind of like Luke, a hot right. That's, that's the thing. But the problem is <laughs> that they. Uh, I was watching uh, First Things First, and they brought up CP3 stats along with Booker's combined. And it's still Luca averaged more points, rebounds, assists, and steals. And Booker and Chris Paul combined. Yeah. That's the problem. That's why Dallas has pushed this to seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're one of the rare instances to where their best player is their best decision maker. Yeah. And and he yeah, there's has only the ball. like there's only like three or four of those guys in yeah, the league. Right. I mean the so. Lakers, uh the Nuggets, the Mavericks. Um, I mean, outside of that, I don't I don't know if you know, I guess would you, you could put, say... Would you put KD? But that's what I was going to say. Maybe Brooklyn with, oh. with KD. Did you say Giannis? Giannis is the best decision maker on the team. Too. Yeah, but I don't feel like they run the offense through... Like, he's not initiating it most of the time. Uh, Well, I, I think one thing that's so underrated about Giannis is his passing. But a lot of it is driving kick. Um... Oh. But I mean, we see Luca, we see Jokic, we see right. It's it's LeBron a different level. Bring oh. the ball up, and if they're not bringing the ball up, the ball is immediately going to them, and then it's a decision being made from there. So, right. Um, yeah, no, Luca's been insane. The Phoenix definitely has the better roster. I mean, like I said, Dallas for Dallas to push it to seven with their roster mm -hmm. compared to what Phoenix's roster is. And given that they've won 60 plus games, right? I mean, that was the big thing. They've won 60 games. They're so much better than everybody else. And well, I mean, what new Orleans pushed them to six, right? Yeah. Um, and I get it. You know, Devin Booker was hurt for a couple of those games, but s still, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that should have gone six. And right. then you have Dallas who, I mean, is Brunson the second best player? And he's been playing well, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, is he like a legit two on teams? I don't think so. No. Um, Dinwiddie should be a fourth. Is, is nice, but I think he's more of like a third, fourth option. Like, Luka doesn't have an actual second best player right now. No. And so, and then if, if they do survive to the next round and you get Golden State, well, granted these guys are a little bit longer in the tooth, but you have Steph, Clay. Draymond, Jordan Poole, and and that's part of me kind of wants to see Golden State Phoenix just because I want to see 
the the battle between Draymond and Chris Paul. I just want to see the war of words first and foremost between those guys because you know they're going to go at each other. But just those are two of the best decision makers in the game. Like one of one thing I've been really enjoying lately is watching just Draymond play. And I know that sounds weird because he's triple single, right? He doesn't really do anything flashy, but his decision making, you don't see guys like he's so creative in how he gets his shooters open. Like just dribbling right in front of their defender and handing it off and it's just into a screen. And I'm just like, that's like a novel concept. I don't see anybody in the NBA do that besides Draymond Green. So he's fun to watch. Um, And I think that would just be a fun series to watch. But man, going back to Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a decision to make. I didn't know DeAndre. I like that. That blew my mind. I can't believe he's barely going to be 24 this year. Um, That's crazy. So I would, we don't know what his decision like, his decision process or thought process is on how he feels if he's rubbed the wrong way, especially if they don't win a championship and they didn't pay him. And then it's going to be like, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't see DeAndre Ayton as that type of guy, but maybe you never know. Um, But that'll be a fun series to watch. You have a, who are you going with tonight that wins that one? I'm going Dallas. I, it's a gut feeling. Um, I think everything. Every like Phoenix should win. I just I don't think Phoenix is gonna change how they've been playing. No. Well and they should and sure. But at the same time not right now. I think it makes them beatable. Oh, I'm yeah, going I Dallas. I mean Dallas Dallas has a confidence, right? Look, look, here's the thing, and I've always like and I get it, each home team has won and most of them have been blowouts. But it's kinda similar. Now I know a road team won in each uh in or each team won a road game in this series that I'm gonna about to mention, but it's kind of sim- similar just because every game was a blowout. It reminds me of the finals between Golden State and, and Cleveland, where it was it was a blowout every single game and it just there it was just one player one or well and then Kyrie had some games but it was it was essentially get to game 7 and anything can happen and game 7 was the only close game in that series it was a crazy series it this series although i think there's been one close game um but the rest have been blowouts i uh, this this series is kind of similar get to game 7 anything can happen yeah. One player can win you one game, right? So I think Luca has, I think Luca puts up forty-five uh, plus, and this is gonna be the second close game of this series. And I think I I think it it comes down to Luca winning it. Well, and it, if you're Phoenix, like you have to come out right away and kick them in the face. Like they, yeah. you have to send a message early because if you give Dallas confidence to hang around. Then, then you're treading dangerous waters. I mean, they're already confident that they can beat you, so because they've done it three times. Now they just got to find a way to do it on the road. So I'm gonna say Phoenix just because I think history in this series shows these role players are playing way better at home, and that's typically the case in the playoffs. Regardless, um, I just trust those guys more. Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson more than Brunson and, and Aiton more than Brunson and Dorian or Dory Finney-Smith and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, those guys. I just trust them more. But I do too, but I trust Luca over any of the stars for yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, well, he's going to have a big game. 
He's gonna have to have it. And game. and game in game sevens, it's about the stars. It just um, is. Okay. Milwaukee, Boston. Uh, let's let's just wrap up Philly, Miami. How much of that series did you watch? I didn't watch a ton, to be quite honest with you. No, I, it was probably the worst uh, series as far as entertainment value. I, watching, look, watching Harden play, it's rubbing <sighs> off of Embiid. Like yeah. I know, I know Jokic complains a lot to the refs, but good lord, he does not fall. I, the Embiid, well, there was one, there was one play, and it, it made me laugh when I saw it because he he got knocked right, and he like stumbled, but he caught himself, right, he, and then he like stopped for like a second, and then he continued to fall. <laughs> and I was just like, man, this team sucks to watch. Well, that's Philly is. Horrid to watch. The I saw. I don't know if this person was a Philly fan, uh, but they tweeted out that Joel Embiid's when Danny Green got hurt, Joel Embiid fell down and fell into his leg, subsequently yeah. tearing his. I think it was his MCL and his PCL or ACL and PCL, something like that. Um, and there was no need for him to fall on that play, but he fell down right into Danny Green's leg and blew out his knee essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, Harden is, I mean, oof. everybody's been murdering him throughout the week, national media-wise. I mean, he is, he's a complete shell of himself. Um, the the play, and a lot of people have highlighted it, but the play where he tries to break down Victor Oladipo, who, mind you, is coming yeah, that was like bad. three quad surgeries and knee surgeries. And, like, this is a guy who hasn't been healthy, and he's probably lost a step athletically. And Harden could do nothing. And then when he goes behind the back and he gets it ripped by Bam, it like part of me was just like, ooh, that like it's one of those plays where where it's just like that guy may not have it anymore. Like that's that's kind of what that looked like. And I mean, I don't know if it's the weight. I know he's had hamstring issues the past couple of years. He is 32, 33, so it's probably a combination of these things. But my thing is, is if you're a Philly fan, why are you using this as an excuse? Because you were all for this at the deadline, right? Like, oh, James Harden, yeah, best duo ever type thing. And now it's, oh, we can't win. Did you see James Harden? Well, you wanted him. <laughs> so that's what you signed up for. That's what you asked yeah. for. So, Well, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the GM, Daryl uh, Morey, he should be fired. He should be fired because because he could have kept Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and got CJ McCollum. Yeah, they 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 beat Miami with CJ and Seth and Andre Drummond. Because if if Embiid would have gotten hurt, you would have at least had Drummond. Yeah, I mean maybe it's a tougher hey, series. Look, I I get that Maury loved Harden in in Houston, but man, I he's not that guy anymore. No, he's and, not. And and Bede said that after the game, which I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Bede does not pull punches on his teammates. No, he does not. Like, he will call you out and run you over. And like, I don't know if James Harden heard that comment. Is that a good thing? I don't think so. I think stuff like that has to stay, like, Yeah, internal. see, that, that's something, like, because that, this is the second year in a row. That he's done that. And it's just like... Like it, it I look, like Embiid, you're great, but part of it's on him. Oh, absolutely. A lot of it's on him. It, it looks like he's just deflecting when 
Now, this year, give him credit, this was one of the years where he stayed healthy for most of the year, but then he still ended up getting hurt with, like, the knee and then the back and then the thumb yeah, and when the it face. Actually mattered. Right. And, yeah. And, again, like, I think we've said it on this show. I know I have. Embiid may be the better all-around player, but if you're asking me who I'm taking, I'm taking Jokic because – one, I believe in his skill set. I don't think it's a major drop off offensively. I don't think there will. I don't think there's any drop off offensively. I don't think it's a huge drop off defensively. It, there's there's space there, but it's not huge like everybody wants to say it is. Um, and then Jokic is going to be available. Embiid is not available. And 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 Embiid now we're seeing some like leadership issues to where he's like now while it's truthful what he's saying about James Harden and while it might have been truthful what he said about Ben Simmons that stuff you don't throw out there because now it looks like you're deflecting blame you're not taking any of the fall for this um and I don't know I mean that's they say that they're going to run it back Doc Rivers is going to be back James Harden saying he's going to be there I don't know. To to me, that just doesn't seem like a viable option for them. Uh, but then again, I don't I don't know what else you do. Like at this point, Philadelphia is kind of stuck with what they have, pretty much. Because, I mean, I I would I would trade James Harden for. Well, what are you gonna get? Uh, well, fill the vending machines. I don't care. I look. Ma- I like Maxi. Yeah, but I mean, is he ready to be a number two? Well, he's better than Harden. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that's that's a putrid situation being. And I mean, I I like Joel Embiid. Like, I'm not trying to be like Philly fans to where it's like Philly fans go out of their way to like put Jokic down and kill Jokic and talk down to Jokic. Like Embiid is a great player, but there's just things about his game. You know, being a, being available, and then this whole these comments like they are true. I don't think there's anything wrong with him feeling that way. Yeah, Ben Simmons was scared to to be aggressive and take a layup with Trey Young on him. Yeah, I don't think that's that's a bad thing to say. But probably keep that internal. James Harden probably don't say that. You know that he's not the same player anymore. Which, but he's not. But I don't know. I think there's those things you you keep internal. Uh, I don't. How how much do you believe in Miami? Because I don't. I don't really believe in Miami. I think they're a uh, nice story, but I don't. I don't think they're finals bound. Nor do I think they're a team that can actually win the finals. No, because I don't think they can beat Boston or, or Milwaukee. Um, but I will say this: uh, Jimmy Butler. I game up in the playoffs. He does. He's one of very few players that that does that, um, and it's been pretty impressive. So. Um, credit to Jim Butler. I, I just I don't think overall they're good enough. I think size will will be a factor as well because Boston, even though they don't have seven footers, they have four guys that are you know six nine six ten. So and they're all great defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when when you also say the two best players are also you know two of the best defenders on the team. Um, so no, I I don't think they can be either. I don't think they could stop Giannis either. Last, you know, I mean, Milwaukee swept uh, Miami last year, so uh, I know it's a bit of a different team, and Miami is going going through some things. But still, I they couldn't stop Giannis, uh, and I don't think they'll be able to stop Giannis again. So 
No, I I like I like Miami, but and I like Jimmy Butler, but I I just no, they're they're just not good enough. No, I don't think so either. Um, Boston, Milwaukee. This is <sighs> this has been the most probably the best series frustrating. Of the well, yes, it's been the best series, but it's been the most frustrating series. Um, because like you said earlier, when you think a team is gonna win and has it. They just collapse. Yeah, and, and, but credit to both of these teams. And I think I saw some Boston fan tweet this: like, whoever wins this series, no, no fan, like whoever does win, don't, don't be like arrogant and gloating about it because yeah. these teams should have nothing but respect for each other because they are battling tooth and nail. And we've seen the emergence of Jason Tatum as a legitimate top, not just top ten, but he's probably starting next year. He's probably top five, top three. Um, he's, yeah. he's elevated himself into that conversation. I mean, what did he have the other night? Like 46 or 49, something like that. Um, and he's, yeah, only 24. and he's, he's going to be, yeah, he's, he just turned 24. And I mean, that's insane. Him, I mean, Jalen Brown, smart. I'll say this. I think it's funny. Cause I think Tatum, Tatum and Booker to me are, and it would be interesting if this was a finals, um, because I think they're two of the, they are the two players that I would say remind me of Kobe the most, right? Like their game. Uh, now Booker is six, but like he's the same size and everything. Uh, Tatum is six nine, so uh, it's a little bit different. I think Tatum's a better defender, but um, Tatum is, and it, it's this is what Tatum is doing is what I expected Booker to do this year. And it's not because Booker can't do it. It's I like I said. I think it's it's the way they're running things over there in Phoenix. But what Tatum is doing right now is it's incredible. The one little thing, though, I think they got their best game from Tatum. Like there's a difference, and and uh, it was funny because they were inside the NBA. Chuck was talking. They were talking about Giannis, and how there's another level that Giannis can go, and that would be like Mount Rushmore level. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between guys like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, and guys like Giannis. Right? There's a whole nother level, because Giannis every single night is putting up thirty plus, every single. And it doesn't matter if he's shooting well or not. He's still getting it. Well, it's not just 30 plus, right? It's 38 and Right, it's the rest of it, right. And that's the difference. And and when you look at this this series, Tatum's been inconsistent. He'll have these games, but then he'll have a 22-point game or a 26-point game. And 26 is, is good. It's really good for the regular season. But at a certain point, that becomes the expectation. Right, you have to... If you are, if it is your team in the playoffs, if you are the best player on your team, there's exceptions like Golden State because they're different. But if you are the best player on your team, you have to do that every single mm-hmm. night. If you average 26 in the regular season, you should be averaging 30 plus in the postseason. Well, that's one thing. I'll and it's not just on. averaging 30. Yeah. It's not. It's not putting up 45 and then 20 because then that would average 30, right? 
or whatever it would be. Yeah, 65. So yeah, it'd be 30. That's... It has to be 30 every single night. Well, and Shaq said that a few, I think it was like last week. I, I forgot what day it was or what after what game, but he's, I forgot who he was talking about, but he's like, if you're pretty much what you're saying, if you're a star and you average, you know, 25 to 27 points a night, eight, 10 rebounds in the playoffs, that should go up three to five points, three to five yeah. rebounds. You know, you've got to do more. Like that's the expectation. That's we should, yeah. when, when Nikola Jokic plays, we expect 25, 26, 10 and eight. Like right. that's what we expect. And then in the playoffs, we know he jumps to 29, 30, you know, 12, 15 rebounds and eight assists, depending right. on if someone can shoot well that night. But it's not just expectations. If you want to win, you have to do that. Yeah. If you if you want to win a series against another great player, because I think everyone agrees Giannis is better than Tatum. Yeah, right, right? Now, yeah. But that means that Tatum, in order for them to win this series, it has to be him putting up. Now, he doesn't have to put up 48 every game, right? Uh, one of those a series you need but you need you can't have like he had a like 6418 game in this series but like, you can't you can't do that um in game 1 he had 21 points on 6 yeah 6418 like you you can't do that that that's fine for the regular season you can't do that they lost by 12 you can't and, and meanwhile Giannis had uh well, Giannis had 24, but 13 rebounds and 12 assists. Like, if you're not getting 30, then you should probably have a triple-double, right? You should probably have 12 assists, like what Giannis had. It's, there's, and, you know, Giannis went through this. Uh, the two years that he won MVP, in the playoffs, he was inconsistent. At a certain point, it has to click. For some guys, it never does. For others, it does, and that's when they win, right? There was a point where LeBron, it just clicked, and he figured out he had to go to Miami to do so, but it, but it finally happened. Um, Tatum is only 24, so I don't expect that to happen this year. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's been as good as he has been is already extremely impressive, but when it comes down to this game, I trust Giannis, and and even if he doesn't have Middleton, even if they're not the better overall team, because I do think Boston's a better team. When it comes to Game Sevens, I'm I will always pick the player that I trust the most to win to win me a game. It, it comes down to who do you trust the most to win? Right? If 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 you had to pick one player in the world to win you a game, and your life depended on it, who would you pick? Right? Well, in Game Seven in this series. You have all these players. You have if you can only pick one of these guys to win you a game, who is it? There you go, Giannis. And that's that's why I picked Dallas because I trust Luca, even though they don't have the better team. And in this series, I trust Giannis, even though they don't have the better team. It's to me, game sevens will always come down to the best player. Yeah. It's been a fun series, though, man. I mean, these two teams, and and I think we're a theme that we're seeing. Not that it's ever been really change but i think this this playoff run has really hit home the fact that you've got to be able to clamp down on teams when it matters like yep. you you have to be able to defend minnesota if they could defend if they just had a brain as a team 
they would have won. They would have beat Memphis, <laughs> but they, they don't yeah. have a brain. They, they just don't. They're the, they're the dumbest collective basketball team, IQ-wise. They, they make things so insanely hard for themselves, um, and that's why they're out of the playoffs. Memphis, they have guys that can defend. That's why they made it super tough on Golden State. We know what Phoenix brings. They have a all you know a defensive player of the year candidate in Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, uh, DeAndre Ayton back there who's extremely athletic. Great team defense. Milwaukee can play defense. Uh, they can rim protect with Brook Lopez and um, you know Giannis and then Drew Holiday. I mean, a couple games ago, he made like two or three game ceiling defensive plays to win the game. And then you see Boston and what they bring with six seven Jalen Brown, six ten Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, who is the defensive player of the year. You have to have guys who can play on that end when it's ready to get, when it's time. Yeah. And and all these teams do, and that's that's why I don't think it's any coincidence. Now, Golden State might be the worst of the teams remaining defensively, even though at one point this year they were the best defensive team. Um, but I don't know if their talent defensively is good as these other teams that we just mentioned. Um, who are oh. you going with tonight? Uh, they're, with- they're, they're the night game. Are you going Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Milwaukee. In Boston, oh, man. I'm going. I'm going the two road teams, which and the two underdogs, which is crazy. But they they have the best player in the series. And I and and if I'm right on both these games, I think when we enter next season, the best player in the world will be Giannis. The second best player in the world will be Luca. Hmm. Honestly, you could probably say that now. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for Luca for what he's doing right now. Um, this is a this is a big moment for Boston because yeah. they're they're a young team, right? They've been there a few times. Like this is the breakthrough moment. And I saw someone tweet out that Jason Tatum has faced some like some of the all timers in the playoffs: LeBron, Giannis, KD. Like this is this is a feather cap type moment. You just put that feather right there. I'm going to go Boston because I think this is a moment for them to take a, the next step as a team. Um, and I don't know if Milwaukee can win three times in Boston, right? They've already won twice there. I don't uh, two and then game five. Yeah, but they also lost two home games. I this, this and, and that's why I, I it doesn't matter who the home team is in game seven. It really doesn't. Game, not not game seven. It matters throughout the series, but it does not matter where it's at in game seven. It really doesn't. I, I just, I mean, look look back in the history of game sevens. Who was the best player? They won. I think this is a huge Golden, Golden State players. had the best team, right? They had the better team. Yeah. They were at home. Yeah. LeBron beat them. I think this is this is a chance for Boston to to assert themselves to take the next step. I don't think. I just think it's hard to win. Three times, and I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I just think it's it's hard to do to win three road games in the playoffs. I don't know how much Giannis has left in the tank. Um, I mean, he's gonna lay it all out there. He's one of those guys that just goes nails, hundred percent all the time. No. I'm gonna go Boston in this one, but I wouldn't be shocked if Milwaukee. I just, won. I, I think, I think Tatum got. I think it was Tatum's best game. Too soon in Game Six. I don't think he can do it twice in a row. Now, unless Jalen Brown goes for forty plus, 
I know Giannis is giving us 40, right? At least. Even if it's inefficient. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Giannis is going to be there. I know Drew Holiday is going to show up. I know those guys are going to show up. I don't know if Tatum and Brown are going to show up. I, I want to think so, but I just, I don't. I I trust Milwaukee. And then here's the other thing. Milwaukee's been in these moments, right? Yeah. Milwaukee went through it last year. I, I just, they've gone through it the past three years. And the first two years they lost. I just, Boston's going through it now. I don't think they get this one. I don't think they're there yet. I, I think they're a year away. You got Milwaukee. I got Boston. You got uh, Dallas. I got Phoenix. Um, as we await the Dallas one, I don't feel good about. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I just I I'm gonna stick with what I believe the best player will win you the we'll series. See. I mean, I'd be I'd be shocked if Dallas did win because I mean neither team has been able to play well on the road. Yeah, I, I think both teams cover. Years. Both underdogs cover. Um, which I believe it. There, it's like five or six points. I think both these games are within five or six. I have more confidence that the Boston game will be close than the Phoenix game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Can you believe, though, that the Bucks are, I, I think, Boston's favored by five? Yeah, and I That's think... a lot. I think I saw Phoenix was, at the time, after they lost, they started at six. They were minus six. Oh, so, yeah. So. Boston's favored by five. Phoenix is favored, favored by six and a half. I will be taking the underdogs in those. Give me five for Bucks and give me six and a half for Dallas. Should I think fun. both these games. I think both these games are awesome. No, and Phoenix Dallas is about to start here in about fifteen minutes. Um, yep. Okay, enough playoff. Well, oh, we got to get to the MVP real quick. Um, Nikola Jokic, second MVP back to back. He joins. I don't know what the list is, but it's been tweeted out. What like Wilts, uh, Steve Nash, uh, LeBron. Did Steph win back to back? I don't think he won back to back. Um, I forgot what the list was, but we get it. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say about the guy anymore. I just hope that we maximize this window <laughs> and get him a title. It sounds like from, from everything we've heard, the Nuggets are going to off him the Supermax, uh, the five years, 250 plus million, making him the highest paid player in the league. Um, it sounds like he's totally content with staying here. Um, which I, I don't think we've ever had that fear with Jokic as, of being a guy. I mean, for crying out loud, he's coming from a, he did his MVP acceptance from a horse stable. So if, if there's anything telling you that this guy's not about the big fancy life, that's it right there. Right. So I don't think there's any fear. I think he's going to retire a nugget barring just unforeseen circumstances. But I mean, it's a shame that, you know, the guys couldn't be healthy. Because now that I see how the playoffs are playing out, I think the Nuggets would have had a real shot. I don't I don't know if they beat Boston or Milwaukee four times, but man, I think they, they would have Golden had a State. shot in the West. They would have had a shot in the West. I think they could have beat Golden State and I think they could have beat Phoenix. I yeah. really do. Um, but you know, so is life. That's how it that's how it goes. There's some improvements that have to be made, but I think one thing we can be proud of is that Jokic again gave us a season to remember. Back-to-back MVP dragged this team to 48 wins with a hodgepodge of guys, and um, he's here to stay. So enjoy it while we can now because it's going to go by quick. I mean, what the seven years he's been here has already gone by quick. So cool for him. I enjoy. Yeah, it. great for him. Uh, 
the voting was not really that close. A lot yeah. of the and it's it's funny because people close like in Philly were are like, well, the media doesn't like Embiid. <laughs> the media is are the only people that voted for Embiid. The actual writers voted for Jokic, which is kind of ironic. Um, no, it, look, and we we've already talked about this a bunch. It should have either gone to Jokic or Giannis. My pick was Giannis. Everything that uh, Embiid did great, either Giannis or Jokic did better. And that's just the reality of it. Um, well, I think getting James oh. Harden initially kind of hurt that MVP race to me. Yeah, but you know what also flipped it was those two games. Yeah, uh, because Milwaukee and Denver. Yeah, because they were, I believe, the same week. And he lost uh, Giannis had the block on Embiid, and Jokic had the shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which also is that funny to it. me, by the if, way. If, if Embiid wins both those games, if the 76ers win both those games, Embiid wins MVP. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair argument. I just think it's funny that there's like this, this thought out there that it's slanted towards Jokic somehow. Like there's an agenda to get Jokic to get like the the most unmarketable player in the league as a superstar, yeah. and there's an agenda to give him the award. Come on, <laughs> come on. The guy that was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial is the one. Um, but you know, he's not marketable for the NBA. Why would the NBA want him to win? Right. And and I've I've heard people say, well, some media members don't like Joel Embiid and you know, because of interactions or what he, you know, maybe what he says, which, okay, I'm sure. But again, why not choose Giannis then? Right. So, I mean, if it's, if it's, why is it the, the other guy? Why is it Jokic? I don't know. I could care less about it. I'm happy for the guy. I didn't need him to win two to know how great he is. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. In my eyes, he's one of the greatest centers ever. I don't know if he's top ten at that position or whatever, but I think he's one of the he's one play he's he's one of those players that has changed his position. He's revolutionized his position to me. Uh, just what he can do at three levels: scoring the ball, passing the ball, IQ. I think you're gonna see a lot of young kids coming up that want to be Jokic at that position. Want to do the fancy passes and have the the shot arsenal and all that stuff so it was really cool for him just got to get healthy man got to get healthy got to get some wing defenders and uh and we can run it back okay broncos schedule nfl schedule release we can focus mainly on the afc west um and all that jazz but i believe the the over under win totals for all afc west teams are except for the raiders are at 10 or 10 and a half if i'm not mistaken the most recent one I've seen. Um, the Broncos are at 10. I think the Chiefs are 10 and a half. I think the Chargers were 10. And the Raiders, I think, were like 8.5 or 9, something like that. Um, so that just goes to show you. And, and we've kind of talked about that too. I mean, I think we both said we, we think all of these teams could easily win <laughs> around 9, 10 games this year uh, with how deep they are. Now, was that, that might have been pre Tyree Kill trade, though, I think. Because now I think that changes some things mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, that team's a little bit different. And then, you know, you saw those reports a couple weeks ago of the Raiders for some reason wanting to trade uh, Darren Waller, which I don't know how true that was. I don't know if that's still in the works or how, you know, what the chances of that is happening. But hey, I mean, go ahead, Raiders. If you want to trade him, be my guest. Please do. They didn't pick up the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs. 
Um, I think they traded one of the last guys from their 2020 NFL draft class. So I don't know about the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders are getting pumped up, but I think they'll still be a solid team. Okay. Do we want to start with the Broncos schedule first, or do you want to go over some of these other teams' schedules? Yeah, we can go over uh, Broncos okay. first. Um, week one, fun game, Monday night at Seattle. Uh, I'm curious, and if you want to, we can do it again, just the prop bets that we did before the season last year, because if we do, one of them is going to be, will Drew Locke be the starter week one against the Denver Broncos? Because that would make it all the more interesting. Um, but week one, you have at Seattle, that's a Monday night. Week two, at home, you have Houston. Week three at home, you have San Fran. Um, and then week four, you go to Las Vegas. And then that's when you go into your Thursday night against Indianapolis. That is here at Chargers week six versus the Jets um, here. And then Sun, or excuse me, week eight, you fly to London to take on the Jags. You got your bye week nine at Tennessee to open out of the bye week versus Las Vegas here at Carolina at Baltimore. You have Kansas City home, Arizona home, and then on Christmas you face the Rams, then you go to Arrowhead, and then you finish the year with the Chargers in week 18. Um, I've seen a lot of thoughts floating around on this. I think I saw your tweet uh, when you initially saw it. You think they're going to go 10-7, and seven, or is that what you said, 10-7? and seven? Yeah. <sighs> I think the baseline is 10. I think that's where we work around. Um, obviously, the second half of the schedule is a gauntlet more than the first half of the schedule. I'm fine with the bye week being smack dab in the middle. I kind of wish... I mean, I guess it's a good thing you're getting your Thursday night game out of the way early in the year. And it's it's kind of a mini bye week before you go to the Chargers. So gives you extra time to prepare for a really good football team. So I guess that's fine. I think, mm, okay, let's just go through each game. Week one, Seattle, I think that's a win. I'm guessing you think that's a win? Yep. Week two, Houston, that should be like a 10-point win, I'm assuming. Three, Week three versus San Fran, that's going to be a tough game. It also depends on who's starting at quarterback. That's a Sunday night game here. Um, if it's... If it's Jimmy, you know what? I think the Broncos win that game either way, to be honest with you. I think it's a tough game, but we don't know what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. We Even if it's Trey Lance, it's his first year as a starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really scare me as a quarterback. Um, I think that's a win. Do you think that's a win or do you think that's a loss? Uh, I'm pretty sure I gave them a win in that one. Okay, so they start 3-0. and Then you go to Vegas. I think they probably split with each team. Yeah, so what I initially list. did, right, that's what I did. So I initially just started them at 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. Okay. So 3-3, three and three, I think, you know, if you want to say they lose that Raiders game, that's fine. Um, at Indy, short week, Thursday night, Matt Ryan. That one's an interesting one. It's at home. Um, I So I think what I... Oh, man, because when I was going through it, I didn't necessarily go. Like, I I split Indy and San Fran. 
So whatever I did, I gave him a loss in one of them. And then I gave him a loss on all the road division games. I think that's that's fair. Um, now, Indy is coming off of a game versus Tennessee. So that's who they play week four. So both teams are coming off a divisional game. So that's going to be a tough game there. I tend to defer to the home team on those Thursday night games. Yeah. And it's not going to be a long flight for Denver coming from Vegas back home. Whereas Indy, are they on the road? No. So they'll they'll be at home versus Tennessee. I'm going to go home team. So I, I have the Broncos starting 4-1. and one. Um, And then I'll give them a loss to the Chargers on the road. So four and two, I think they beat the Jets and the Jags. So that's six and two. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think the consensus is six and two, like bare minimum five and three, but that's where the Broncos should be. Right. I I think I put them at five and three. Okay. So I'm going to say six and two, you have five and three, they go into the bye week. And obviously this is of course, best case scenario, not a lot of injuries, if not like low risk injuries, then you open up with Tennessee on the road. I could see how people would think this is a loss, but you get two weeks to prepare. Not two weeks, but you get a bye week. Well, yeah, two weeks to prepare for Tennessee. I think that's a win. Um, yep, I gave them a win on that one. Tennessee, I'm curious who they're playing the week before. I don't think Tennessee's really that good anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you lose A.J. Brown um, coming into week 10. So <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be after a game versus Kansas City. So I'm going to say that's a win. Uh, then you get the Raiders. I think that's a win. So I have them at eight and two. I think you beat Carolina on the road. Um, that's nine and two. I'm going to say they lose to Baltimore. Baltimore just has their number nope. for whatever reason. So nine and three. And that's on the road, right? Mm-mm, yep, exactly. Um, so that's nine and three. And then Kansas City at home. I think they get one of them. So I'll say 10 and four there with the split. Arizona, I think they can beat. So 11 and 4. Um, I'll give them a loss to the Rams on Christmas, but I think that's a winnable game. Um, I think the Rams maybe take a step back. So 11 and 5, and then I think they beat the Chargers. So I say 12 and 5. And I, I think that's a fair assumption for this team. You say 10 and 7. I think 12 and 5. At the like, I, minimum, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I would say they can get 10 to 12 wins super happy don't think they get more than 12 unless they win their unless they have a winning record against the division um but like i said i, I just automatically gave them three there the only, um the only team i could see them sweeping in the division is the raiders that's yeah. the only team i could see them yeah. sweeping um yep. and then i mean depending on how injuries go i mean maybe they get a win versus one of the the baltimore's rams those type of games but i think 10 to 12 you know, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Maybe they get 11. I think that's enough to get you to a wild card. That might be enough to win the division, given how tough it's going to be. And from what I've heard, the Chiefs' schedule is pretty insane to start the year. Uh, so let's just do theirs next. Uh, so they open the year at Arizona. Um, I think that's a winnable game. Chargers, week two, at Indy, at Tampa, Raiders. Buffalo, and then at San Fran. That is a tough seven-week slate right there. There is um, there's no weeks off there. The easiest game there is probably 
the Cardinals. And then even then, I mean, that's still, that was a playoff team last year. So you're playing seven playoff caliber teams to start the year. Oof. Wow. I'd say they probably beat Arizona. They're gonna. I think they're going to split with the Chargers and us. Maybe they sweep the Raiders. I don't know. Probably split with them too. Man, that is tough. And then you, out of the bye week, they open. They get Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chargers, Rams, Cincy, Denver. Oh, my gosh. They just have slates of just brutal. Chargers at Chargers, Rams at Bengals at Broncos. Oof. Well, Chiefs might have a tough year this year. No Tyreek. That changes that offense. I don't care what anybody says. You can't just throw another fast guy into an offense and expect them to produce the same way Tyreek can. It doesn't work like that. Um, hmm, that's going to be an interesting schedule for them. Yeah, uh, look, I, I think the winner of the division honestly probably goes 11 and 5. Or what is it? 11 and 6. Do the Chiefs go 11 and 6? I think, honestly, right now, I would say, because they, they went over, I, Denver has the easiest schedule of the uh, division. I think Denver wins the division at either 11-6 and six or um, I, they could probably win at 10-7, and seven, depending on tiebreakers. Well, in strength of schedule-wise, Denver's literally 15th. They're smack dab in the middle of the league. Right, but, but the other three are higher than Denver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Out of the um, division. They have the easiest divisional schedule. Um, I mean, the Chiefs might be the toughest. That seven-game slate, and then from week 11 to week 14, you get at Chargers, Rams, at Bengals, at Broncos. Right. But but Denver's last six games are tough, too. Yeah. I mean, at Baltimore, Chiefs, Arizona, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough stretch to close the season. Um, it's going to be a fun end to the season. Because I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked if Denver starts hot, the Chiefs start slow, and then it evens out. On, yeah, yeah. kind of evens out. The Raiders, let's see. Man, their bye week is super early. I hate that. I would hate that. Um, they get at Chargers week one, Arizona at Tennessee, Denver, Kansas City. So that's a tough slate right there to open the year. Um, and then you come out, you got Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indy, Denver, Seattle. Um, Chargers, Rams, New England, Pittsburgh, San Fran, Kansas City. I mean, that's that's a light second half. Uh, I mean, I guess not really. Because they still got some playoff caliber teams. I don't know what New Orleans is going to be this year, but I don't know if there'll be a pushover per se. Indy, Denver, Chargers, Rams, New England is going to be tough. Pittsburgh, that's a win. But then San Fran and Kansas City is what you close with. And the Chargers have Raiders, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland, Denver, Seattle. Um, By week and week eight, Atlanta, San Fran, Kansas City, Arizona, Raiders, Miami, Tennessee, Indy, Rams, and then Broncos. Each team has has some uh some interesting ones i'd say the chargers probably have the best balance in terms of spreading out how many good teams they play the chiefs and broncos probably have the worst in that they're all jam-packed into one sitting in the schedule but 
This this division, I think each team should be nine to twelve wins within that range. Um, so that's going to be fun to to look at as we get closer to the season, out of training camp, making those predictions and things like that. Seeing how yeah, you know what will decide division injuries. Yeah. Yeah. That will decide the the division. Well, and, and where are you at right now? And, and we don't have to, you know, obviously pick right now because I think before this, the draft and all that, we were talking about it to just recap the off season, um, or maybe we did after free agency. I still think, to me, the Chargers are the best overall team in the division, talent wise, roster wise. But my thing yeah. with the Chargers yeah. is that they're the Chargers, and they always find right. a way to lose, and then the injury bug always just hits them and just decimates them. Like, my mind is saying the Chargers are my pick to win this division. But my, my, my heart is like, nah, history says they either underperform or injuries murder their roster. But they're the best overall team. Um, the Raiders, I think, are the worst team. But they're kind of an X factor. You know, I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to get out of the Raiders. They're the kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. They could be bad. They could be good. The Chiefs and Broncos, I think, are those in-between teams. Obviously, the Chiefs have the best player in the division. And then the Broncos, I think, are just kind of like the team that is a mixture of all things. So, I think today, I I don't know if I can trust the Chiefs' defense. I'd probably go Chargers to win the division today. If you had, if I had to choose, I'd probably say the Chargers. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think the so. Broncos are better than the Chiefs. I, I like I, I, yeah, out of the teams, I trust the Chiefs the most. Do you really? Cause yeah, because because they, they're the Chiefs. They, I trust Mahomes, um, and and Andy Reid, um, but. And I, I trust the Chargers the least out of out of the three teams because I'm gonna take the Raiders out just because I think they have the worst in each category. Um, but as far as trust, I trust I I would go Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. Talent, I would go Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, and then um, yeah. Really, I I think that's kind of where it's at. Do Which all is... three teams make the playoffs? Yes. I I think everyone goes ten and seven, eleven and six. The highest would be twelve and four or twelve and five. But the seventeen game schedule, I I hate it. Um, because it makes me have to do math. Uh, yeah, I I would say ten ten eleven twelve wins. I think that's where everyone sits. I just, I just don't, I just don't, I can't place them, right? So like in the division, one team wins twelve, one team wins eleven, one team wins ten. I just, I can't place them. I don't know if any of these teams are gonna get to twelve. I mean, I know I just picked the Broncos. I mean, maybe not. Maybe all three of them will go ten and eleven, right? Ten wins, eleven wins. Because they all. There's not really anybody that has an easy schedule per se. And like I said, the Chiefs and the Broncos are the two with with the tough games that are jam-packed into one area. Like the Chiefs, insane to start 
the year, and then they have a four-week stretch in the back half of the year where it's just nuts. The Broncos, it's kind of not easy to start the year, but it's doable. And then the last six games, it's coming to the playoffs. Like, if the Broncos aren't careful, they could be in the playoff race, and they could drop from, like, the one or two seed down to, like, fringe, holding on for dear life, control your own destiny type of stuff. Um Chargers, I mean, if they don't underperform, this might be their year to to really take that step. But and then the Raiders, I just I just don't think the Raiders are good enough. I don't trust Derek Carr. Yeah. Um they're gonna have a good offense, but I'm I'm still not sold on the defense. And yeah. Um It's gonna be fun. This division's gonna be fun. The AFC is just Oh my gosh, the AFC is just a nightmare to try and navigate. But yeah, I'm excited for us to make our uh, season predictions, specifically with the AFC. It'll I, be fun. Well, to me, I think there's one team that's. I think I think the Bills are the best team. Um. I think that Tyreek Hill thing is really gonna have more of an impact than people think. Because you, you just can't replace him with a fast guy. He was so much more than just a fast runner for them. Like, he's he's probably the one player I've been the most scared of in our division since I can remember watching football. Because he just, he is just so explosive. Um, I have Bills, and then I think after that, it's, it's a crapshoot. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to get from the Ravens. I think they're going to be good. I don't know what I'm going to get from Cincinnati. I think they'll be a good football team, but were they just a one-hit wonder? What's going to happen there? I mean, does Bill Belichick have the Patriots back on top? I mean, what are the Chargers going to do? Can Indianapolis take the next step? Is Jonathan Taylor going to, you know, build off of what he did last year? Is there going to be any wear and tear injury issues with him going into this year? Because he had a lot of carries last year. So, I don't know. AFC is going to be fun. NFC is just a complete nightmare. Um, pretty sure the Super Bowl champion is coming out of the AFC. It's just going to be who's going to who's going to do it. The AFC championship is probably honestly going to be the Super Bowl. So, um, probably, probably. Any other thoughts? Jerry Judy got arrested, but it looks like everything's going to be fine there. Um, yeah, it was probably some BS thing that they knew who Jerry Judy was. Yeah, I mean, apparently his girlfriend went to his court appearance and said she just wants to drop everything. Um, they labeled it as like a domestic violence thing, but he didn't do anything physically to her from what the report said. He just locked a baby seat in his car and the formula and wouldn't give it to her because she took his phone or something like that. Oh, um, okay. Cool. So yeah, it wasn't anything. So I don't know if he'll get suspended. Maybe he just gets a fine or whatever, but... I mean, if it if it was all dropped, I doubt anything. Yeah. So we shall see. Um, I am I'm excited for football season. It's coming up upon us. We're already in rookie minicamp. Hearing some good things already from people about uh, that tight end Dulcich. I think is his name. They're saying that he looks good. Nick Benito, the pass rusher. So good to see there. We got playoff basketball game seven. Uh, who is it? Phoenix and. Uh, Milwaukee's playing right now. Milwaukee's playing right now? Oh, okay. Yep. 
So we have that game first, and then Phoenix is the nightcap. So fun day, fun day, fun schedule full of game sevens. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you guys tuning in. For Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Pooch Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh,